Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hey, chickens. Uh, it's time to get back into the remembrance of the Daleks after we were so rudely interrupted by a trailer for the 60th anniversary. <laughs> it's probably going to keep happening over the next months. Like, what is it? We're in May. Uh, <laughs> Until November. Uh, Anyway, I will attempt to um, keep myself on track. Um, I say that, but it never really works. Uh, Anyway, we're up to part three of Remembrance of the Daleks. The Doctor. um, It's weird to think of the Doctor now as Sylvester McCoy because I've just spent an entire episode talking about David Tennant being the Doctor again. It's like, oh my God, I've got to rewind my head. Um, Anyway, the Doctor turns up with this sparkly gun thing, the one he you know, made because it was on Spiridon, Spiridon, however we're saying that planet, uh, as as discussed. <laughs> um, Nathan from uh, Flight Through Entirety tried to tell me that um, <laughs> the Burtwee Doctor is the one who pronounces everything wrong. Uh, anyway, the Doctor's got his sparkly gun that disorients the Daleks. Um, and it's like, it's kind of like little rainbow bits of business come out. And I wonder if this is like... If, if this was where the idea that Ace's real name was Dorothy, you know, um, the, so the the whole thing in Dragonfire, which is the story before this, was sort of meant to be echoing um, the Wizard of Oz. Like, so, you know, she blew up some Nitro 9, it whipped up a time storm, she ended up in um, the ice land planet thing. <laughs> It's just like a giant, giant refrigerated shop. Um, uh, but yeah, so they were kind of like echoing the the Wizard of Oz thing. And I wonder if this weird rainbow effect from this gun is meant to be another nod to that. Like it's like, oh yeah, let's make it look like it's over the rainbow. It seems a little too deliberate um, to for that you know for that dime of Doctor Who. Like I think the special effects were just like, oh, that's cute, colourful sparkles. Um, anyway, uh, the Daleks are disoriented by the sparkly gun with the what looks like a fan on the end. Um, so they get Ace out of the middle of them all. Mike starts attaching grenades to the Daleks. The Doctor's like looking at his weapon, surprised that it works. And then bang, all of Mike's grenades go off. Um, and the Daleks are all had their tops blown off. Um, and Rachel notices that one of the Dalek creatures is still alive inside the busted open casing. Uh, and the Doctor goes to look and he gets grabbed around the throat by a lobster claw. <laughs> Dalek lobster claw. Um, Allison picks up the baseball bat and starts hitting it, um, like she's like shoving it deep into the Dalek casing, just like banging the monster on the head. Uh, we don't see that; we just see the claw around the Doctor's throat, and she's just jamming it in there, like she's trying to push rubbish further down into a bin. <laughs> Um, you know when your bin gets full and you're like, oh, I don't want to touch it with my hand. What can I use to push the rubbish down? Um, uh, so, you know, <laughs> it lets go of the doctor and she keeps whacking away at it. And the doctor's like, it's it's dead. Um, and then the doctor looks at them and he's like, well, they've mutated again. And so Rachel, for us pretty much as the audience, tells us that the ones at Todd's Lane had vestigial limbs. 
uh, and it was mostly amoeboid. And she's like, this one has functional appendages and mechanical prostheses. Oh, it's got like little prosthetics. Um, and then she says she's going to be sick. <laughs> and she's like fully analytical until she's like, oh, yeah, no, that's enough. Um, I, I love Rachel Jensen, by the way. I love this team. Like they're, you know, it's one of the many berserk spin-offs they did at uh, Big Finish. But this is one of my favorites. Um, so there's a, a series called Countermeasures, which has all of the original cast from this episode being uh, Simon Williams as Captain Gilmore. Uh, sorry, group captain. Uh- <laughs> Uh, uh, and it's got uh, Rachel and Alison um, run as played by Pamela Salem and Karen Gledhill. Right. And they have another character called Sir Toby, who's played by Hugh Ross, um, that kind of is new to the series. But yeah, it, they're great. Like, so the first couple of series are very sort of 60s style, um, paranoid. Uh, you know, stories like one of them. Oh my god, one of them had me in hysterics because, like, they had someone they go, Quick, get her on the phone, and then you just hear the sound of someone using one of those rotary phones to dial, and it takes forever. And I'm like, Bless you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're kind of like kind of groovy 60s vibe, and then they have the new countermeasures where they went into like a 70s, um, uh, kind of vibe with you know like one of those you know those like tv shows that were made for like um itv i think in the uk they're all shot on film and they're very kind of high production values that's that's what it feels like and whereas there was a like an ongoing paranoid story with the uh first few series uh the later ones the new countermeasures were a bit more uh I don't know, kind of just a bit more story of the week, you know, action, (laughs) which is weird because it's like audio, but it's kind of, you know, you still believe it. It's like, oh yeah, they're running down the street, there's car chases. And it was a big time jump as well. They went from the, because like this is, this story is set in 1963. So they're in the mid sixties and then it was a time jump like for of about 10 years or something. And they're into the seventies. Um, but yeah, they are really good. Maybe I'll have to go and listen to them as well. Uh, I'm getting quite a list of big Finnish things to listen to now. I've <laughs> got my, um, toy maker, uh, as a ventriloquist doll stories. I've got my countermeasures stories. It's getting very busy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Rachel, um, is about to throw up. Uh, Ace is lying on the ground and they hear explosions. Uh, apparently Mike's clearing out more Daleks. Can't afford to show them on telly though. It's expensive blowing up Daleks. Um, uh, so Rachel and Allison go off to help and the doctor's attending to Ace and she's like, oh, she came to get her tape deck and it got blown up. And the doctor's quite happy about that. He's cause, cause he's like, it could have caused the microchip revolution to happen 20 years too early. Uh, and he says, even the Daleks wouldn't make such a radical change to the timeline. Um, <laughs> look that he's, he's blaming Ace for it. It's like, mate, you brought her here with it and let her take it out of the TARDIS. Um, anyway, uh, on the spaceship, uh, the, the Dalek mothership in space, um, a Dalek orders other Daleks to the transmat. There's a great big sweeping camera shot of the, the bridge of the, this Dalek spaceship for no good reason. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> just because it's just like a little bit of, you know, go and get in, go and get in the transmat, mate. Um, at the transmat, Rachel and Allison are investigating it, uh, and the doctor turns up and explains that the Daleks can use it to mobilize death squads, but he doesn't want them here yet, so he smashes it with the baseball bat. Uh, which eventually snaps um, and he's like, oh, weapons, always useless in the end. And uh, Rachel and Alison are gobsmacked and he's like, do you want lunch? Uh, <laughs> like, what What has this strange little man just done? Um, uh, Ratcliffe is at the cemetery. Uh, he goes to the gravesite where the doctor has recently buried his uh, space casket, um, and there's a new headstone. It's a very small marble one uh, with a brass uh, symbol on it, which is the lowercase um, symbol for Omega, uh, the Greek letter. Um, you know how the the uppercase is like a circle with like little tails, and the lowercase one is like a little W-looking thing. Um, so that's obviously the hand of Omega. It's been buried there um, <laughs> with the appropriate symbology. Uh, in the cafe, the doctor's concentrating. Um, and so Ace goes over and has a has a chat to Mike and some other squaddies. Uh, meanwhile, Ratcliffe shoves a metal rod into the wet soil because the, the grave's only recently been filled in. Um, and he's repelled by energy uh, and the metal rod's wobbling with like zappy rings of energy radiating outwards. And in space, uh, the Daleks are shouting because they've detected the hand of Omega and they decide that the Emperor needs to be informed. Ooh. Um, it takes them ages to say this, by the way. It's a very long, <laughs> long-winded Dalek chatty moment. It's like, oh, my God. the Daleks should not talk for too long because it just becomes intolerable after a while. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the um, Dalek Empire Big Finish stories, but sometimes it's like, oh, it's too many Daleks having a conversation with each other. Uh, it's just a lot of shouting. Um, like, they're very angry. Uh <laughs> Uh, so they have like a committee about telling the emperor other Daleks arrive. They have to be informed. It's very tedious. It's like watching Question Time in Parliament. It's like, oh God, just get on with it. What is all this shouting? Um, (laughs) I mean, you could say the same thing about this podcast. Why is he shouting and then laughing at himself? Um... That's what I do. Uh, All right, we'll continue this in the next episode.